You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer. I'm a producer. And today I want to know, Liz, Julie, are you feeling lucky? Do you consider yourself a lucky person, (laughs) Liz, Joel? Well, this is Liz. I'm in Santa Monica. I'm the middle sister. I do consider myself a lucky person, Leanne, but I think partly it's because I just try to ignore bad things that happen to me. It's more, (laughs) (laughs) that's my strategy. And so denial has gotten me this far and I'm feeling lucky. How about you, Julie? Hey, this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister and I live in Dallas, Texas, and I'm here because of the grace of God for sure. But I am a believer in luck, sisters. And that's why I enter the HGTV uh, (laughs) Dream Home Contest every year and plan our family uh, reunion in the Dream Home. Because when I win it, this year, we're all going to be in Warren, Vermont, enjoying that home. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Okay. I'm looking forward to that now, Julie. Okay. Okay. Good. okay. Um, all right. Well, we're going to talk about luck a little bit later. Well, actually, right after I forward promote the show, uh, because I saw a really interesting headline in the Washington Post about luck. Uh, is luck real? And can you change your luck? And I thought, you know, the beginning of the year is a good time to sort of reassess that. Plus, our mom, Edna Dolan, had a theory on luck. So we're going to talk about that. Also coming up today, uh, Liz, travel. We're talking travel today. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's wishful thinking. Exactly. Uh, that's where it's a fantasy travel segment, Liam. Things to dream about. Sure. Sure. All right, Julie, you're taking us international. You're yes, we're going to do some international news. Well, it's more my comments about news. Okay. So, <laughs> oh. so pay attention. <laughs> okay. And you've got trends. So oh, we that's... got a lot of fashion. We're doing, this is 2022 fashion three big trends. You have to get involved with these. Yes. Okay. All right. And then Liz, some exciting cooking with Liz news. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't okay. stop. You just, I know you're creating you quite a content her. factory. <laughs> content, content factory. Well, I'm uh, I'm ready to go, but you know, speaking of feeling lucky, Leanne, on Saturday morning, I woke up to a tsunami warning. So feeling feeling not so lucky. People may know from the news that because of that big volcano blowout in Tonga, the whole West Coast of the United States woke up this past Saturday morning to various tsunami alerts, tsunami warnings. There were different grades. I didn't actually get like a loud alert on my phone, but it was everything in Twitter, all the like doom Twitter feeds you follow to uh, for COVID news all had tsunami news. So do not go out there. Do not go to the beach. And I've been planning to go to the beach. So I bailed on that. But, you know, you just follow, try to follow instructions when it's something like giant natural disasters. Then Monday, I opened the paper, the LA Times and see the headline, surfers, anglers, and others rescued after ignoring tsunami warnings come on people (laughs) what again our poor first responders they're not working hard enough that now you're making them go out in the potential tsunami to rescue you so here are just a few of the details at one popular beach in san francisco rescue swimmers braved churning waves and strong currents on saturday afternoon to save two surfers who had challenged nature to a duel and lost. This is members of the San Francisco Fire Department. They saw a surfer like 300 yards off the coast, waving his hands and calling for help. Yeah, sort of the classic move. So they had to go out and get him, but the conditions were so bad that they decided they couldn't even bring him back to the beach. They took him out to another sailboat and took him around. This is just unnecessary for lifeguards to have to put themselves at risk to save the dopes that go in the water during a tsunami warning. And then there was another one, another surfer at Ocean Beach. Anyway, please, there aren't that many times where they're going to ask you to stay out of the water because of a tsunami. Right. Can we just pay attention? Don't you think? I yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah. 
I, as a former lifeguard, I mean, I was a beach lifeguard in Florida. Maybe people don't know that, but in college uh, and uh, off the coast of Jacksonville, and we had, uh, you know, lightning storms almost every afternoon. I had to clear the beach because that's how it rolls in that part of the world, because it's bad to be out in the water when it's lightning yeah. and always the people that wouldn't come out of the water were the surfers. And at oh. some point I'm like, well, I'm going to get off this beach. Cause I don't want to get killed. Cause you're an idiot. You know, <laughs> that is really some excellent first thank, responding. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I did not make a career in life. No, I, I see you've made a really wise choice not to go into that as a career. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. But yes, yeah, right. like anything. It's like hurricane parties. You just, right. people, we got to listen to, to our experts there. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Well, uh, all right. I'm glad, I'm glad you're safe, Liz. I'm glad yeah. you listened and I'm glad. And, yeah. How, and Liam, I think that's known as making your own bad luck going yeah. in the water during a tsunami, right? Thank you. Yeah. Let's talk about luck a little bit. So our mom, Edna Dolan famously drilled into us. One of her favorite phrases was you make your own good luck right? Whenever mm-hmm. someone said, oh, that was lucky. She would always say, you make your own good luck. And she would use it to describe, you know, uh, her own children, like Liz, your, your career, you know, when you moved from job to job very quickly in your twenties, your mom would always say, well, Liz makes her own good luck. It's not, it's not just lucky. She makes her own good luck. So mm-hmm. I sort of internalized that theory. So when I asked you guys, if you felt like you were lucky people, I don't think I'm a lucky person. I don't feel like I have some sort of extra shot of luck. I do feel like there are times when I've been lucky to do the things I, I do, but mm-hmm. I've made that good luck. I've worked hard, but I don't feel unnaturally lucky. But you know what? A lot of people do. There's about 14% of the population, according to a study in the UK, uh, that feel like they were born lucky. And really? The, uh, that's yeah. That seems like a lot of people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then they're on the other end of the scale. There's about 8% of the population in that same study in the UK that feels like they were born unlucky. All right. So let's, we're going to take a little deep dive, look at luck because, you know, sort of what is it, right? It's interesting to me that almost every civilization for thousands and thousands of years has had the concept of good luck and bad luck sort of built into their rituals or their religion or their superstitions, you know, they're, that's interesting. Many, I many. never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. It's not new. It's, mm-hmm. it's part of the human condition. And for thousands of years, societies have been trying to figure out how to get more good luck or how to get rid of the bad luck. Right. So what is luck? Well, luck can be defined as three things, chance, uh, a supernatural force or something you're born with. All right. What do you guys think it is? Something you're born with? <laughs> Supernatural I, think it's, I think it's mainly chance. Chance. Yeah. Chance yeah. or, yeah. Or a supernatural <laughs> one or two. I not, not what you're born with. Right? I guess it's something you're born with in the sense that we were like born into a good family with caring parents and all of those things, you know, born into a, born into a good life. Liz, you're, that's a big, that is like one X factor that all these yes. social scientists who I'm quoting, like built into their models. Like some people were in fact born lucky. If you were born into a country that had, you know, laws and freedoms and healthcare and and food and education. Yeah. Or you weren't born into poverty and things like that. Like, yes, there's certain factors that are true. And then beyond that though, is kind of the luck we're talking about. But one of the reasons we talk about it so much is because a, a scientist said, we as humans are very uncomfortable with uncertainty. And mm-hmm. when people feel less in control of their lives, they like to feel that things are random and not directing our lives. So that's why they have, we've sought for thousands of years, these supernatural explanations of luck. Mm. Okay. Mm. So can you change your own good luck? And what yeah. does that mean? Okay. Yeah. What, what does that look like? <laughs> okay. Do, okay. Do, do like, tell, because I've been on, been on kind been... of a bad run. So please. Right. Yeah. Okay. So here's the difference. When social scientists looked at who thinks they're lucky and born lucky and lucky people and who are not, they said lucky ones maximize champ chance opportunities and dare to follow their intuition to grasp these moments. So ideally lucky people have a very broad view of their place in the world. They see more opportunities. They tend to be flexible. And so when those opportunities come in, they make the most of them. Well, is and it, I, are they more optimistically in and yes. more, and they have more self-confidence because of that optimism. And so a little bit like what Liz does, they ignore the bad stuff and just um, 
just uh, channel. Just assume it's going to be okay. Just channel. Liz, you're like the definition. When you said that, I I went, whoa, you are like the definition of the clinical definition of a lucky person because clinically lucky. Okay. All right. I'll I'll take it. (laughs) They're relaxed and happy. They have a big worldview. They see these opportunities. Uh, But Julie, they're flexible. And they know where they're heading, but they change course depending upon how the wind is going. And they tend to be optimists. Mm -hmm. They're also very resilient. Yeah, I was going to say, right. So even if they hit a bump in the road, they don't see it as bad luck. They're, they can, they're resilient. They're flexible. They can pivot and uh, stay on their merry way. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause they have a point of view that it's like, oh, that could have been worse rather than "Mm, that could have been a lot better. Okay. So Mm -hmm. this kind of, you know, affects your future luck, because if you feel better about an event, then maybe you'll have better expectations about future events and maybe your luck quote unquote will change. Right. So even if something didn't work out, you're like, well, that could have been that could have been worse. Okay. I'm open to a new opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that's, so if you want to like start to figure out if you are an optimistic slash lucky person, you can keep a luck diary. Okay. No, one's ever going to do that, but I don't, so I don't know why. (laughs) Okay. Well, just what is it? Cause now, now that I know I'm clinically lucky, maybe I should do it. (laughs) Okay. Liz, here you go. Each night before bed, you spend about 30 seconds writing down a positive thing that happened that day or a sense of gratitude for friends or family or health or a negative thing that is no longer happening. Okay. So, but you could be Liz, like, hey, I didn't get hit by a car today. Hey, that's lucky, you know? (laughs) Right. Put that in your diary. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't choke on my food. Hey, that was pretty lucky. Okay. Sorry, Liam. So unlucky people though have a smaller worldview. So they get really down. They're not necessarily optimists. Uh, they don't see the glass as half full. They definitely see it as half empty. They definitely think things could have gotten better. So because their worldview is smaller, they don't encounter more opportunities to make things happen and to change things in their lives. Mm. Well, you can understand that if you have a lot of negative things happening in your life, it's hard to have a large uh a large world. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. don't, you don't have hope, right? You don't, right. you don't think things are getting better. Yeah. Well, right. they, just... they say they're kind of stuck in their narrow focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but you can also just be working hard to try to make it day to day, you know? So yeah, right. that does close you off to seeing larger opportunities when you're just struggling with the basics. Yes. I mean, again, but, but adjusting for all that, like, okay. you know, people of who, who were born into the same circumstances, that's what we're talking about. So lucky versus unlucky. Okay. Um, so, okay. Here's what you want to do. If you want to change your luck, it says, don't be a creature of habit. Take a different route when walking, watch a different TV program, speak to different people, even small changes can be effective and then keep your eyes open and be prepared to snatch whatever opportunities might arise. (laughs) Doesn't seem that hard, does it? So how are you going to change your behavior, Leanne? Well, you've always, don't you have a money kitty? You've believed in that kind of luck, right? Money (laughs) kitty? Superstition. I do have a little money kitty. It has not worked lately, but, you know, could be changing. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't really think of it as chance. I just think of it as plodding along, like doing the things I need to do to take advantages of what what might come to me. So I I really don't think of it as luck at all. Again, because mom said you make your own good luck. And according to the study, she was absolutely right. Okay. But, um, but you know, one of the sociologists said luck is a very big part of our self-identity and it isn't very malleable unless you do something quite concrete about it. Like you really have to decide, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this operation around Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. Liz, this is when I laughed out loud. When I saw this in the article, this sentence, you need to take the long view. Breaking your leg could be considered a setback now, but if you meet your future spouse in the hospital, it could end up being a very fortuitous one. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Okay, well, yeah, I am the whole group for that. So yeah, broke my leg, have not met a future spouse yet, but there's a lot more medical care in my future. So I, I haven't given up yet. Still optimistic. <laughs> But with everyone being so fully masked and gowned in the hospital, it's a terrible place to meet people. A terrible place. Or maybe it's great. Maybe right. Maybe it opens you up to new opportunities. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe I. You know, maybe you'll get lucky, Liz. Maybe you'll get lucky. Okay. <laughs> 
in the in the classic sense. Okay, all right, Julie, how do you feel about changing your luck? Do you how, how do you approach I, this? I feel like I feel like I have so many blessings. I feel like I'm grateful for all of that. That's the way I feel. But I also feel because I've moved around a lot and traveled a lot. I'm pretty resilient and pretty flexible, you know, um, and, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe I did stupid things as a teenager and I'm very lucky mm-hmm. that I'm alive and I'm, you know, everything is, you know, okay. But I'm, I'm, I sort of operate out of gratitude more than luck, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I do think a lot about the whole sliding doors element of it too, that when you say you Luckily, some of the stupid things you did when you were a teenager didn't have negative consequences. Right, right. But it could, when you think about, yeah, like how many things in your life that just totally could have gone the other way, or even when I think about how I broke my leg, really tripping over a gas hose. Come on, and like in the sliding door scenario, I would have just made it over my gas hose, and everything would have been different. Yep. And maybe you'd be going to the Beijing Olympics right now. We don't know. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) But it could be lucky that you're not going to the Beijing Olympics. You have to think about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just not, not dwelling on what might've been, I think is another important thing too, you know, so thinking about the sliding doors, but oh, well, okay, moving on. But you have to think about the things that you can control too, you know, and the things that you can't control. Well, okay, I could well, have controlled stepping over that. Yes, you could have. <laughs> okay, not, sorry. So now we're falling on negative things. Yeah. <laughs> I needed a supernatural force to guide me over that, Leah. Yes. I think, right? <laughs> Isn't that what the research says? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. The research doesn't say anything about how that specific opportunity list. <laughs> I, I think the point is this. Our mother was right. You make your own good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, you know, we love talking about frame bridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would you like to share? Would you like to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> and that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from Pros is getting rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. 
from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay. And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you, it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. You know, sisters, one of our favorite events every year is when the New York Times prints their 52 places to go this year. I I know we always talk about it. It's just so much fun to read that list, right? Yeah, Yeah, it it is. is indeed. But but normally the list is like where to get the best gelato and, you know, how to learn how to, you know, paddle a canoe, things like that. And this year they did a different kind of list. And it made me think of all of us and some things we can look forward to in our fantasy travel lives when we can hit the road again. So they said our annual list of destinations to visit looks at spots where visitors can be part of the solution to problems like over-tourism and climate change. So everything everything on the list, the 52 places are all like, hey, go here instead of there, for instance. I never really thought about over-tourism as, a, as an issue that needs to be solved. But Oh, it's a huge problem, Liz, in places like Machu Picchu you know, or Siem Reap. Right. Uh, where they just have so many tourists coming that it, it really uh, endangers the the reason people go to these places. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is a particularly good list this year. Here's one of the, number 52, Julie, actually, the last one on the list was a spooky, spooky place we have been. And that is the Daintree Rainforest in Australia. Oh yeah. So when we went to the Great Barrier Reef, another endangered place in the world, uh, on your way there, we, on our way there, we stopped at this, um, 180 million year old Daintree rainforest. It's in Northern Queensland. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And it was like cool, scary with a lot of names, uh, plants that had like cutesy, cutesy names, but we're going to kill you, right? Like like, (laughs) no seams, remember? No seams, remember that one? Like you don't see it, but it's going to like poison you and sting you to death. And our guide kept saying, "Land, like, just don't touch anything. Don't touch it. Keep your hands down. Just stay on the path. Do not go. Don't go near the edge. Don't go. Don't, you know, because yeah. everything in this rainforest was poisonous or could kill you. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I think I think that's how it's lasted 180 million years. Yes, yes. It's just Respect. scary for itself. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, last year I didn't know. I was really interested to read that. Last year it was." Um, turned over to the Aboriginal people in the region. Oh, okay. Um, they were given 400,000 acres of the land, including Daintree. And this is the Eastern Kuku Jalanji uh, Aboriginal people. And they've lived in the area for more than 50,000 years. Oh, my so, gosh. So the idea is these people know how to take care of the Daintree rainforest a lot better than we do, than tourists or tourism industry. So I thought that was super interesting. So almost a reason to go back to Daintree rainforest, Julie, even though it was so deadly. So <laughs> Even our tour guide didn't really want to get out of the car. He's like, just keep moving. Let's just keep moving along here. Yeah. Okay. So I picked out a couple of places for, for you guys thinking oh, good. Something, something for you to look forward to. Leon, number 24 on the list. 
is Summerland Peninsula in Australia. And I know you've been to Australia to work, but have you ever been on vacation in Australia? No, I haven't. Okay, here's where you should go. Every evening on the Summerland Peninsula of Phillip Island, a throng of tiny penguins emerges from the surf, waddling up towards the nest at Dot Summerland Beach. The Penguin Parade, as it's known, is a site that has garnered attention since at least the 20s when visitors began flocking there. So, Leon, I know what a penguin fan you are. These are the world's smallest penguins. Leon, I am on the New York Times site right now. (laughs) I am watching the video of these penguins. Uh, The little waddly penguins. I've seen them, Leon. Oh, my gosh. They're so cute. It's just... uh, This is it. You should do that. Yeah. So when when you say little, the adults average 13 inches tall. They're adorable. Teeny, tiny penguins. So anyway, they're also sort of doing a lot of ecological renewal in this area. In 1985, the state government like bought a whole bunch of the land and now they're restoring it. So the process was completed in 2010 and the penguin population now sits at around 35,000 birds of breeding age, up from 12,000 in the 80s. So there you go. The world's largest colony of tiny, tiny penguins. That is adorable. Liz, perfect place. Love it. That has Leanne Dolan's name all over it. Then Julie, uh-huh. you are such a world traveler. It's hard to think of a place you've never been. So I didn't. This is a place that you've been, but I don't think to this part of the country. You have been to Jordan, correct? Yes. Didn't you go to Petra, which yes. was fascinating? Absolutely amazing. Yes, I would highly recommend it. I loved it. Okay. So also in Jordan is the Dana Biosphere Reserve. So this is an Ottoman era uh, village of, they were abandoned stone houses. It was abandoned originally by the Atata tribe. And the settlement is now being brought back to life through an ecotourism project that to preserve the biodiversity and the local communities. So they have all these little um, inns where you can stay. And this, I thought had Julie Dolan's name on it. Along the village's cobbled streets, local women sell handcrafted jewelry and homemade jams produced from fruits grown in their orchard. And then there is a nine mile hiking trail that spans the reserve and its flora and fauna. The reserve is home to 833 plant species and several endangered bird species. So that seemed like something you would really enjoy. That sounds delightful, Liz. I'm definitely putting that on my list. I love going to Jordan. It's it's an incredible country. And also they have unbelievable immigration uh, people working there because when I went to Jordan, the immigration officer turned to me and said, you are more beautiful than your passport picture. <laughs> that is what he said to a middle-aged woman. And I loved it. Totally fell for it. I did. I did. You are more beautiful than your passport. <laughs> okay, that's I'm coming nice. back, Jordan. I'm hoping to get that same immigration officer. <laughs> that is a well-trained immigration department. Yes. Okay. Yes. So- so Jordan for Julie, Australia for Leanne, for me, number four on the list is Zihuatanejo, Mexico, mm. which is a little laid back beach town right next to Ixtapa. Now I've been to Ixtapa mainly for work. So that's one of those beach towns where like huge glass towers of hotels and apartments and things, but they have really preserved this town next door, Zihuatanejo. Um, and it has a lot of grassroots environmental projects that travelers can support, including, of course, now listen to me pronounce this, the Campamento Tortuguero Ayacali, which sounded Italian, but that is Spanish yes. for... Does Stanley Tucci tell you how to pronounce that? Oh, oh Sergio Enriquez is cringing as he's listening to us butcher this. Oh. Or engineer Sergio. Okay, yeah. well, that's the fancy title for joining turtle nest patrols. Oh. So you're... So you're protecting the sea turtles, of course. So they're nest patrols and uh, release hatchlings. So Zihuatanejo, that seems like a nice, easy, pretty chill approach to going someplace uh, where you can make a difference. So there you go. There are some just things we can dream about while we're still, you know, during the current unpleasantness, things to look forward to, because that's how we get lucky, sisters. 
Oh, Liz, that was really inspiring. And I'm definitely going to start planning my trip. Well, as long as we're talking about international places, I have some international comments this week. I mean, first of all, uh, we talked at the top of the show about the tsunami warning, Liz, but I was certainly humbled by that colossal volcanic eruption. I mean, when you think about what the energy involved in an underwater volcano that was so powerful, it shot rocks up 12 miles into uh, into the atmosphere. That was. uh, Yeah. And Julie, you know. Your husband has a PhD in geology, so yes. this probably was a lot of discussion around your house. Yes, yes, we did. That's we were major talking, entertainment. We were talking about the energy, but I think at this point, I think we're all always thinking about the people in Tonga and the full extent of the harm to the people and the property is really not known. We can see, we can see photographs of the that the entire island is covered with ash, um, but it's you know some of the first rescue ships from New Zealand are just heading there to find out. Uh, you know, how people are doing, but it was, it was jaw dropping. That was the largest in 30 years. And um, it really sent quite a shockwave. So that was amazing. Hey, second, Australia. Now, I mean, last week I pitched to Lee and I said, hey, we should talk about the Novak Djokovic thing. And Lee and your response was, oh, that's all going to settle down. He's going to play in the tournament. And there really won't be anything to talk about. But apparently that is not what happened, that he got there, you know, world number one tennis star, 20 grand slams. He was trying to go for his 21st. He arrived. He had fishy visa papers. And then he was deported, deported. He had a walk of shame in the Melbourne airport. That was was quite amazing. I would love to hear from some of our Australian listeners as what they think. Okay. Um, but the best comment that I heard about the whole situation with Novak Djokovic is apparently some British expression or an Australian expression, and they called it a dog's breakfast. Have you ever heard this? <laughs> no, I have heard I didn't. That. Okay. So such a, a funny it, was, expression. it was a dog's breakfast and I looked it up and that means it was something that is messy and poorly done. Okay. And I think <laughs> That is exactly what happened in Australia. And Novak Djokovic looks like he's making, getting ready to make another dog's breakfast because the French Open is saying no unvaccinated players. So who knows what what is going to happen with that? It feels like at this point, wouldn't you say he's creating his own bad luck? Yes. 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 (laughs) There's a very simple solution to him wanting to play in these grand slams. Yes. That's, that's what I would say. He can get yes. vaccinated. So Doesn't we're all to be complicated. Exactly. That is exactly what Rafa Nadal said as well. <laughs> but we're all over this. Uh, but I, I'm glad to have that new expression. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, speaking of travel sites that I'm not going to be able to go to, one is the gates of hell in Turkmenistan. Now, my good friend, Susie, who I went to North Korea with, she's the one that talked me into going to North Korea, the trip after North Korea that she's really been talking up for the last couple of years is Turkmenistan and the gates of hell. And this is a natural gas field. It is a giant crater. It's 230 feet wide, 100 feet deep. It has been on fire for 50 years, okay? 50 years. Really? Yes. Wow. Look it up. Gates of hell. Okay. I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Okay. It's just a big so, pit. It started yeah. as a nat- some natural gas drilling operation that went terribly wrong in the 60s. <laughs> it caught fire. And but it is now a major tourist site in Turkmenistan. But the president of Turkmenistan, he wants to extinguish the gates of hell. Okay. So this is good news, bad news for me. I'm not <laughs> going to get to go see that. Uh, and he feels like it's been an embarrassment that they've had this very, very, very large dumpster fire going on for 50 years. And he'd like to really tap into the natural gas. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. That wasn't, that wasn't on the New York times list. Was it Liz? No. no. I, and I would just say from a marketing point of view, naming your number one tourist feature, the gates of hell. I'm not just not sure about that. I'm just, mm. Liz. But I guess it, I guess it attracts a certain crowd. Yes, it does, Liz. Yes, it does. Um, And then 
can we talk about poor old Switzerland? Okay. They talk about bad luck. Okay. You know, they are, you know, the little town of Buyer, Switzerland. They make uh, uh, cheese there. But a federal judge in the U.S. sided with U.S. producers and they said that the cheese name Gruyere, okay, uh, could be produced anywhere in the world. It is not specific to this little Swiss village or to France. And that cheese can be cheese anywhere. <laughs> cheese is cheese around the world. Cheese is cheese. Thought. So I don't well, know. So it's like, it's like France saying you can't call it champagne unless it's made in champagne, right? Right, right. So I, I, I might side with the Swiss on this. I have, I'm fully with the Swiss. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm fully it's with over. The Swiss. It's over for the Swiss. They <laughs> lost. <laughs> Why does a U.S. Gonna judge? Have, you're going to have <laughs> New Jersey Gruyere cheese from now on. OK, and you're just going to have to love it. OK, I'm sure I'd like to hear from some of our cheese producing uh, listeners and states as to what they think about their Gruyere cheese. And then finally, I just always have to mention Russia. And I think last week there was all kinds of talk about a false flag operation. As you know, Putin still has over 100,000 troops amassed on the border with Ukraine and that there were lots of news reports that he was going to uh, start a false flag operation, have Russian troops actually attack other Russian troops so that he could have an excuse to go into um, Ukraine. My own thinking on this, because this is it's not news, it's my comments, is <laughs> that I believe uh, Putin will do like a double fake, like everyone wants him to do a false flag uh, operation. So now he's just going to invade Ukraine oh. or he may do a triple fake, which is, uh, uh, you know, not invade, but do, a, you know, not do a false flag. But oh, at the last minute, do a false flag. And my point is, I think he's still going to invade Ukraine, uh, whether it's a false flag operation or just, um, uh, an, you know, an invasion. OK, wow. Okay. Okay, that's uh, not good news, Julie. That is you. not good news. Uh, yeah. He's just that is not good for the Russian people. So, anyway, but those are those are my comments from around the world. Okay, <laughs> and quite impressive breadth of stories. Yes, quite yeah. a range. That's what I like to bring to you. Now I am so excited. Okay, I have some Tuesday trends, three big ones that I just for 2022. All three of us have to get into this or we have to encourage our loved ones and friends to buy into this. Now, the first one is a craze, uh, a new craze going on, and it's it's the brooch. The brooches are making a comeback. Apparently, Nick Jonas wore <laughs> a brooch on TV land. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Bella Hadid. Okay. Yes, I don't yes. even know who she is, but apparently she's a big deal. She wore a brooch. Mm. So now there's something called big brooch energy going okay. on. Okay. <laughs> okay. It started with vintage pins. A lot of youngsters like to wear vintage pins, but it's all kinds of pins. And Liz, I believe that you are the person for some big brooch energy. Oh, okay. You know, Madeline Albright always wore a large brooch in her print. Right, right. She came on Satellite Sisters. She talked to us about how she would send messages with the type of pin that she picked, in particular when she was negotiating with the Russians, right? That's right. right. She did yes. say that. Yes, yes. yes. So, uh-huh. and Leanne, I think for your uh, book tour, mm. big, big, big Eiffel Tower, okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you think you can do that on your, on your, on your, on your, on whatever your top is or your dress? Julie, I'm excited about this because I have quite a few brooches and uh, I was started wearing them over the holidays just because I didn't leave or go anywhere. I thought, well, I'll just slap a brooch on this black sweater. And so I think I started to, to um, manifest the word brooch because now in my Instagram feed, I'm getting brooch ads all day long. In fact, yesterday I almost ordered a brooch, not an Eiffel Tower, Julie. Imagine a big croissant. How about that? Holy <laughs> and that blows my yeah. mind. Yeah. And did you get big brooch energy when you were wearing your brooches? Yeah. I mean, people notice brooches and yeah, they're kind of old fashioned, but sort of fun. And I, I just have quite, you know, mom gave me quite a few. I have quite a few like seasonal brooch brooches. So you so, have you have those seasonal flags for your house yes. and now you have seasonal brooches. Right, I think yeah. they're great. I think we should wear them. I think they yeah. look 
they look fabulous. Okay. Second item is, um, is, and we've talked about man purses before, but apparently now man cross body bags makes total sense to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, these are, you know, and the wall street journal, it proclaims that these are the new sneakers, Liz, because they're collectible. As you know, having been at Nike, you know, that many people collect sneakers, many Mm -hmm. men do, you know, that they collect, they have sneaker collections. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you can have collections of cross body bags for like different moods, some in wicker, some, you know, some more of athletic, uh, high designer ones. I think this makes total sense, particularly if you're in an urban environment and you just, you know, want your stuff safe. I think it's great if you have a spouse or a partner that's constantly saying to you, oh, could you put this in your purse for me? Could you yeah. put this, right? <laughs> you, did, well, that sounds very personal to you, Julie. <laughs> yes, that is. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. I, I so you'll sorry. be getting your husband one? For this yes, visit? a cross yeah. bo- body bag, more of an athletic looking one, you know, possibly in a dark, dark color, I think can work because I am not carrying his stuff anymore. Okay, that's <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Now this third trip, are you going to get in on this? Leon? I think your sons can totally uh, rock the crossbody bags, right? Yeah. Well, they, they wear messenger bags. So these are almost like smaller messenger bags. So they were yeah. on the messenger bag thing really early on. Yeah. Okay. So these are good. Okay. Third one, Leon. this is for you. You're going on a book tour for your new book. You have to get into this. Okay. I'm going to say this slowly so that you can just take on the whole concept. Shoe pants. i'm going to say that again shoe pants okay okay Okay. think about it okay shoe pants your shoes are attached to your pants it's like one big thing you're putting on your pants your shoes are on okay you're not making any choices any decisions it's one big long line and you got shoes on the bottom pants pants (laughs) up top Okay. So it's like footy pajamas, but shoes. Yes. But shoe pants. Okay. What do you think, Leanne? I I'm in, Julie. I I'd like to see these successfully worn somewhere. Do you have examples? Yes, yes. We have a picture that we're gonna put up uh, uh you know online. You know, Kanye Kanye West has a new girlfriend. They went out to dinner. Uh she wore shoe pants. Okay. okay. Shoe okay. pants. Okay, then Venom. it's a thing. I was going to say, you got to get Bella Hadid. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't make this up. Yeah, maybe Nick uh, Jonas wore them too. You <laughs> see, it's anyone can wear shoe pants. It just eliminate so many decisions. Choices. Choices. Yeah. You have your, you know, you're all pulled together. Hey, let me go get my shoe pants on. I'll be right with you. <laughs> it is going to save so much time. <laughs> Plus, it's super fun to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> okay. Those are three really good trends this okay, week. Julie. Okay. We've been really paying attention. Um, I wanted to do one quick follow-up on something we talked about on last week's show for our first show of the year. We talked about people who've just decided it's not too late to do something new in their lives. Well, there was a mega example of that over the weekend on Sunday at the marathon and half marathon in Houston, two American women set new American records. Kira D'Amato set a new American record in the marathon and Sarah Hall set a new American record in the half marathon. And these are both super interesting stories about super interesting women. So first of all, talk about it's never too late. Kira D'Amato ran in college but then gave up running after that. She got married. She had a couple kids. She became a full-time realtor, is still a full-time realtor. But she decided to start running again because at one point she had a two-year-old, a new baby, and her partner, her husband, who's in the National Guard, was away on deployment. So she was going a little crazy. So she thought she'd start running again. And she did. And here we are like six, six years later, she just sent a new American record in the marathon. It's just, I'm sure you've seen her on the news. It's just such a heartwarming story. Yeah. It was amazing to see her interviewed today. She was, she couldn't believe it. She was the the last person to believe that this was happening to her. (laughs) It was absolute delight. Yeah. Just 
really delighted. And what a time, like 2.15, right, Liz? Yeah, yeah, just amazing. And so, yes, so she was on the Today Show this morning. So I'm putting the link to that uh, in the show notes, because on the Today Show, she even says, I can't believe I'm on the Today Show. I thought it was a prank when you guys called. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's cute. So anyway, full-time realtor, full-time mom, new American record holder in, uh, in the marathon. Then in the half marathon, 30. Oh, so, so she's 37, Kara D'Amato. So no spring chicken. Uh, Sarah Hall, who is a 38 year old mom, she broke the American record in the half marathon. Um, and she also just has a really interesting life. She, unlike Kara D'Amato, she has been running her whole career, but she also in 2015, she and her husband, um, adopted four daughters from an orphanage in Ethiopia. Oh so Anna, Mia, Jasmine, and Lily are her four kids. So, and she said she knew when she had adopted the kids and, you know, when you're adopting older kids, she knew that the transition back to life in the United States would be hard for them and that she needed to be ready to give up running because running is, you know, there's a lot of travel, there's a lot of time out of the house and all of that. So she said, I was braced for, I was willing to stop competing if I needed to when she brought the kids home, but she didn't, she kept at it. And she is now the new American record holder in the half marathon. So Kira and Sarah, our hats are off to you. And it's true. It is never too late. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. (laughs) Either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz. Right. Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. Skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay. You know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. 
youthfulness, yeah. a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Undarius seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right. Exciting news here. Cooking with Liz cannot be stopped. Liz, I mean, I already gave you the employee of the month award. What more do you want? I mean, you're really trying okay. to show us up, Ms. Content Factory. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Um, we decided we wanted to clean up our presentation on YouTube, right? So there's a brand new Satellite Sisters YouTube channel. And as part of that, we uploaded a lot of the videos that we already have. Most of which, unfortunately for you, is uh, cooking with Liz. Um, but, <laughs> but we're going to be we're going to be adding more Satellite Sisters videos and other things to that site. But then I noticed, like, you can do live YouTube, right? Like, you get we do cooking with Liz is live in the Facebook group. So what I decided to do as a test is learn how to do cooking with Liz live on YouTube instead of in the Facebook group so more people could participate, Julie and Lee. And, you know, like some people love being in the Facebook group. Other people just aren't or they, uh -huh. they don't want to be, whatever it is, right? Right. So they, yeah. can, no. they can check you out on the YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, so coming up on what date did I decide? The 3rd of February? I'm going, so I'm, I'm announcing a three-part mini season that is a salute to the fact that it's Betty Crocker's hundredth birthday, and over the holidays, I it all started with a plastic spoon. Okay, <laughs> started ahead. with the plastic. See, anything can happen, Julie. You just have to be optimistic. I know you're so lucky, Liz. Yeah, that plastic spoon, which was a gift from Leanne, who's been to the Betty Crocker kitchens, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Over the holidays, I got a celebrity influencer box <laughs> from. The fine folks uh, at Betty Crocker okay. uh, because they're celebrating her 100th birthday. And so they wanted celebrity influencers like myself to get in on the Betty Crocker birthday action. So that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to do three little mini episodes, testing it for the first time ever on Facebook. I mean, on yeah, on YouTube. And the first episode is just going to be me talking to, you know, the people, you can participate and comment about what two things I should make as part of the Betty Crocker 100th birthday salute. I want one savory dish and one sweet dish. So in this three episode season, the first episode on February 3rd at 5 p.m. Pacific time will be us discussing what should I make? Then the second episode, date TBD, will be one of those dishes. And the third episode, date also TBD, will be the second dish. And those dates are TBD because we don't really even know if the first one is going to work. Um. <laughs> it sounded so official when you yeah. said TBD. Liz. Yes. But it's all about learning some new skills around here, right? We told you last year we're on a bunch of new platforms and we're learning to do new things. So this is my thing. So Satellite Sisters YouTube channel, the link is in the show notes. You can check it out and there is more to come there, including a little bit of a little bit of live cooking with Liz because, you know, why not? I, okay. Could you come up with a good name for this series too? Oh, like Liz, okay. Liz Cooks Betty or something, something okay. like that. Okay. All right. The, I'm charging you to do that. So we okay, have they have a, graphics. They have a hashtag. It was. Mm, I'll have to go look that. I'm not a very good celebrity influencer if I if I don't remember. Oh wait, here's the plate they sent me. The hashtag is on the plate. It says, "Call me Betty Crocker." And the uh, the the plate actually says, "Maker's gonna make no 
makers gonna bake makers gonna bake uh there you go anyway obviously i'll workshop nice and smooth liz i'm (laughs) i'll workshop the name a little bit but you'll get by february 3rd i'll get it thank you liam Okay. Hey, sisters, we are giving a Satellite Sister $5 shout out to one of our listeners, Fiona Nicholson, who posted in our Satellite Sister Facebook group last week. I had recommended the British TV series, uh, crime detective series called Shetland. And Fiona lives on, on Shetland. She I actually lives that. there. Could you I, believe? No. Fiona, we were so happy that you contacted us. And here's the best thing. Her husband posts cool photos of his life as a Shetland sheep farmer. And we're going to put his um, at address uh, in the show notes. Okay. And she and Fiona has invited the Dolans to come visit. Okay. What do you think, <laughs> sisters? I mean, we're going. I, mean, I should have you- added that to our travel roundup. Shetland didn't make the list of 52. So number 53, Shetland. Okay. I mean, my, my husband loves this series so much. He wants to move there. Okay. And I think everyone who listens to the show will enjoy this Instagram, um, these Instagram posts about um, uh, Shetland sheep farming because they're just beautiful to look at. And it's sort of takes you someplace and transports you and you can look at into sheep's fa- eyes. I mean, I, I just have been enjoying it. Beautiful scenery, the, you know, the sea, the coast, uh, it's all great. So and he's got a ton of sheep. I know he's, well, he's a sheep farmer. They're <laughs> not fooling around with the sheep. That's a good and comment, Leanne. I'm sure he's going to be happy that you said that. And the dog. I mean, he's got a, quite a few critters happening, but he yes. has a sheep dog and then he has their cows. I, th- I, th- I thought I spotted some goats on that Instagram feed. I mean, it was very satisfying. Yes. So any, anyway, uh, $5 shout out to Fiona. We're so glad that you contacted us, you posted, and I'm, we hope that all of the Satellite Sisterhood will enjoy these wonderful pictures. Yeah. The, um, the Instagram is at O'Brecken, yes. O-B-R-E-C-K-O-N, at O'Brecken. Okay. Well, we'll make plans. Uh, Fiona will be in touch about the Dolan family <laughs> reunion. That is going to be okay. Um, I have um, a, a half review of half of a movie I, I saw uh, for this week's Entertaining Sisters. Mm. I watched The Tender Bar. Have you heard about this movie, uh, Sisters? This yes. stars Ben Affleck. Uh, it's directed directed by George Clooney. It has, um, you know, Chris Lloyd is in this movie. And this movie is, think, Goodwill Hunting meets the Gilmore Girls. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, what? it is. Yes. That's what I only is. say that because I read the book, which I loved. So that is not how I would describe the book. Okay. So okay. I'm, I'm I, I was very cranky about this movie uh, because uh, they have Ben Affleck. Um, he is pl- uh, he is working as a lower middle class bartender. Okay. That, that must be a real stretch role for him. It's set in Long Island, but it could have been Boston. Okay. Because of his accent and the way he does it. And he takes care of, uh, he's in charge of raising his nephew. Okay. Um, the child actor, Daniel Ranieri is wonderful in it. So that, that, that is a little bit charming. So the first half of the movie was a little bit charming, but then the child actor becomes old enough that he, uh, goes to college. And of course he can get into Yale. Okay. This is where the Gilmore girls uh, part. So. <laughs> oh, okay. And dates a girl from Westport, Connecticut. Okay. So they have the whole Yale, Connecticut, and then he deals with class and privilege, blah, 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 blah. So the reason I did, I'm not enthusiastic. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. blah. That's going to be a good blurb. Julie Dolan of Satellite Sisters said, blah, 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 blah. Okay. You know, but this, I just don't think this movie covered any new grounds. I mean, it's like, I've already seen this movie. It was like two movies, like Goodwill Hunting and Gilmore Girls, and they and they f- fused them together. Okay, so that's my review. The Tender okay. Bar. Okay, it's on Netflix. Uh, watch the first half. Okay, if you want. <laughs> and it was Lee. And the book is a memoir, right? It's a true yeah. story. Correct? It's a true story. Yeah, and the book is great. I mean, I love the book, so uh, I'm not surprised it became a movie. And um, 
that's all I'm going to say, because I'm not a big fan of Ben Affleck's acting. So uh, but I was sort of curious to see it because I did love the book. So after that, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll tune in. Julie Dolan says a little bit charming. <laughs> all right. Well, Julie, you've been watching movies. I have been reading for some reason, a ton of historical fiction. I just got on a roll, sort of inspired by some TV watching I was doing and some upcoming TV watching. So I have been reading or listening to like six or seven historical fiction titles, five of which I'm going to recommend some of not, but, uh, so I'm going to put all the recommendations in pep talk this week. I don't need to go through them here. Um, but if you subscribe to our newsletter, you will get them. Uh, you know, the Gilded Age. Have you seen the previews for that on HBO? Yes, yes that looks good. Okay. Yes. I read two really wonderful novels about the Gilded Age. So that will really complete your viewing uh, of the Gilded Age, I think. And Carol Wallace is the author of Our Kind of People. She's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. So if you want to get gilded uh, for the gilded age you want to get ready for that show you can read these two novels magnolia palace and our kind of people uh i did that rewatch of downton abbey and so that led me right to the last dance of the debutante by julia kelly which was set in like the mid 50s in england fantastic audiobook and then i've been really on an agatha christie uh tear here reading some agatha christie mysteries and discussing them with colin so i'm reading a fictionalized uh version of the time Agatha Christie went missing for 11 days. Have you ever heard this story? Like no. Agatha Christie legit disappeared for 11 days. Like the entire country was looking for her and she never told anybody where she went or what she did. And it was after her husband revealed that he'd been having an affair and he was leaving her. So oh. this is a fictionalized version of what those 11 days might have carried on. So That's all a the provocative premise. I like Fantastic it. premise, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, and I'm listening to that on audiobook. It's really good. So I'm going to put all those details and everything in this week's pep talk. Okay. Thank you, Leon. All right. For entertaining sisters in my world with my next door neighbor, Deborah, who many of you have met on Cooking with Liz, um, we are signing up for the Sundance Film Festival online. Sadly, they had to cancel it again. They were going to do it in person and now they can't. So the whole thing is back online. But that creates a big opportunity for all of us because you can basically go online. I'll put a link in the show notes. Look at everything they've got in the festival lineup. So many unusual things that you'll probably never see in a movie theater near you. And you can watch them online. And a lot of them do include panels with the cast or a Q&A with the director or the kinds of extra things you get at an actual film festival. They're doing all of that. They're just doing it online. So, so Deborah and I decided we were going to pick out about half a dozen films. The Sundance Film Festival runs from January 20th to January 30th. So it starts soon. We're going to pick out half a dozen, stretching, stretch it out over the 10 days and just enjoy them together. We are also using a filter, I would say, that basically says no dystopia. Because, <laughs> you know, that's it, wise, Liz. Yeah, Very yeah wise. I, I think so, Julie. At a lot of indie film festivals, there's a lot of dystopia that yeah. goes around. So, no, we're looking for like either fun, uplifting things or educational topics that we are very curious about. So I'll just give you um, a teaser on one film we picked just because it really sounds fun. So the name of the film is Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. It stars Emma Thompson. Come on. Oh, wow. Okay, that's, a, that's good. That's yeah. a plus. So here's the log line. Nancy is a retired school teacher and is pretty sure she has never had good sex. She is determined to finally do something about that. Come on. All right. Yeah. That sounds she's fun. Making, she's making her own good luck list. That's yeah. What, yeah. So it's, uh-huh. it's written by comedian Katie Brand, and uh, they describe it as the perfect balance between unapologetic humor and an earnest study of the art of self-acceptance. Oh, we are so in. Good wow. luck to you, Leo Grande with Emma Thompson. Anyway, we're going to pick a few more, but link in the show notes. If you want to do it, you pay for it, you know, but it's good to support independent film. And so that's what I'm doing. 
Now that's a fun opportunity. Maybe I'll have Colin do that. You know, he's oh yeah. Oh, would Colin love would love it. Yeah, yeah, he would. Okay. All right. I'll, I'm going to go to the link in the show notes, Liz. Thank okay. you. <laughs> All right. That's, that's why it's there. That's our show today. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez for his support of Satellite Sisters. What I meant to say was we would like to thank him for editing Satellite Sisters, <laughs> but he also supports us. Thank you, Sergio. <laughs> supports us in many ways. Yes. Emily Loudermilk is our graphic designer. If you want to see Emily's fun designs, you should check out our Instagram account at Sat sisters. You know, we have a website, all the podcasts are there. That's at satellitesisters.com. We have the Facebook group. We would love for you to join us. You have to answer a couple of questions. Uh, we just want to make sure that the group is filled with people who listen to the show, sort of understand the aesthetic of Satellite Sisters. So just search for the Satellite Sisters group on Facebook. And then of course, our newsletter pep talk. When you go to satellitesisters.com, a pop-up sheet will be there and you can just fill in your email and you'll get a little pep talk in your inbox every Friday. Uh, and you can see Emily's work there too. All right, sisters, time for our to-do list. Uh, Julie, what do you got? Well, I plan to use the expression, it's a dog's breakfast as much as possible. <laughs> okay, I want to spread it around. I, I, want to, I want it to trend here in the US. Oh, it's a dog's breakfast. Okay, Julie, I'm giving you credit for my to-do list because it's a to-done list. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember 2021? Do you remember that year? No, no. I um, don't. Okay, so but you said we were supposed to change our cutting boards like every six yes. months or something. Yes, like I did. That, right. Yes. So yeah. I just got all new cutting boards. Thanks oh. to you, Julie. You know, I don't usually follow your advice, uh, but this <laughs> no, time I did. Never, never. Okay. Well, I'm proud of you, Leanne. I got you here, the big sister, to tell I you what. I got new bamboo ones and I got the new silicone ones. I got a full okay. set of each. Thank you, Martha Stewart at Macy's. So there you go. Liz, what do you got? Well, you know, sisters, uh, I had natural disasters on my mind because of the tsunami or the tsunami, tsunami <laughs> alert, I should say, because <laughs> there was no tsunami, just to be clear. And so I'm finally going to do something I've been staring at for years now and doing nothing about. We have earthquakes here in California. So I did go to the trouble of getting that earthquake putty that you're supposed to use to like keep your pictures on the wall in case the earthquake comes so they don't fall off and hit you on the head or keep smaller pieces from falling over and cracking. So everything in my apartment is puttied. The problem is the putty is dripping below the actual frames. Like it's, it's like it's melting or something. And Julie, Julie, I, I know you're laughing, but I'm sure you've seen it because this has been true for the entire pandemic. I've been staring at this melted putty thinking I should do something about that. I should do something about that. I mean, how hard could it be? I need to like get a razor blade and like just clean it up. And for whatever reason, it drives me crazy, but I have done nothing to fix it. Something that is super easy to fix. I just stare at it and it makes me mad. So I'm, I'm getting on the, the earthquake putty. I know it sounds like a small thing, but I think it's, thing, I think it's, it's really going to change my life. I think it is too. It's we just all have earthquake putty or something like yeah. that. Yes. Okay. It's just some Good negative point. energy I don't need. So I'm no. going to do something about it. And get yourself a big brooch, big brooch energy. <laughs> I can't believe you just admitted that on a national podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that I've been staring at Earthquake Putty for several years? Yes. Well, okay. first of all, okay, let me just say, I can't believe the two of you have been in my home many times and never commented to oh, me. Oh, no, we're, no, no, I would never do that. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Liz. Nobody has ever mentioned my dripping earth. Never. Body. Ever. So thank you for that. But yeah, no. All right. Whew, well, you'll be busy this week. then. Liz. <laughs> okay. It sounds like it's a real dog's breakfast over there, Liz. <laughs> oh, there's one. Ding, ding, ding. Good work, Joel. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Julie, Liz, have a great week. You, you too, too Leanne. Leanne. And don't forget, call, call your Satellite Sister. 